So four years ago, I, so second time I've done that. <laughs> so I, I get asked a lot from a number of different people and happens more and more now where people just will randomly say, aren't you glad to be alive? And if you take away the, the constant recessions, pandemics, presidential controversies, you know, war, why not? <laughs> but <clears throat> I guess all I guess ask all the time, how do I feel to be alive in a time where the MCU is alive, in a time where, um, uh, you know, you, you're just seeing things that other other generations could not see. And I never know how to answer that because I don't know how I feel. If I'm being honest with you, <clears throat> but I didn't know how I felt when All Out. 2018 was about to happen and I have a funny story that I've never told anybody at all and I'm gonna tell you guys because today as Ice Cube would say is a great day and I, I woke up this morning to an email the first time in this show's history we are a ranked podcast thank you so much uh, for believing in me, following me on this journey, the new people, the old people, um, because we started this in 2020, uh, again, September, and this September would be two years, and I remember vividly, I wanted to start a podcast the year before, I didn't have the confidence though, and honestly, I was still kind of burnt out, and I burned myself out. I put too much pressure on myself and I tried to do too much. And the show kind of lost its identity. But also it didn't help that I was literally... I, I think we got to 400 shows so fast because I was doing a podcast legitimately almost every other day. The, I didn't have the structure that I ended up coming out with. That's how we got the, the Monday, Wednesday show. That's how we got the pop culture reference. I wanted to make sure that everyone knew that what the show was about. If that makes any sense. So getting that email, I've been a part of three different podcasts. It's my third one. Uh, and this is the first time it's been ranked. Thank you guys so much for, I, I, I don't see us having many reviews on Apple Podcasts. It feels like it's more of a quiet thing, but I get hit up all the time, whether it's on Twitter, DMs, Instagram DMs. It's just amazing how like it's not, and maybe because I'm not as vocal on, on, on Instagram. Maybe because I barely... Like, I'm, I'm, you can communicate with me, obviously. You guys know that because you guys are in my DMs. But I just don't have a strong... I, I have an opinion, obviously. But I don't have the opinion of... I'm going to bash everything on Twitter. On Instagram. And then it's like that, right? But just amazing. So thank you guys for that. But I'm telling you guys a story because it's a very important story. So I used to work in the strip club industry. And I was going to go to All Out. So what happened was... There's this dancer who had a boyfriend coming in. And she said, hey, can you get the guy in? I didn't know he was an ex, excuse me. Can you get him in? I said, sure, you know. So I met him. Guy was kind of annoying, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, but, like, he, he, she asked, and I, I think we were cool, if I remember right. We had to be for me to do it. So as we come in, and, like, this guy spends most of the time talking to me. And believe it or not, if you've never been in a strip club or if you don't know the culture, 
there are guys that will come in and spend most of the time with the guy employees. Um, that's just what it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a culture thing. Um, he will go off every now and then and get a dance or get, you know, drink something, whatever. Well, how, how he even started talking to me was she didn't want him bothering her unless he was giving her money. So he tells her I'm a wrestling fan. Apparently, this guy's a huge wrestling fan. And I was like, oh, great. Thanks for setting me up. Right. So he's talking to me how all loud and all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. So, hey, I got a ticket if you want to buy it. I said, yeah, sure. I'll buy the ticket. How much you got? How much is it? He's like, 100 bucks. I, I can do that. And so um, he said, like, yeah, but there's a caveat with this ticket. I was like, all right. I'm already paying for the ticket. That should be the only caveat, but I, I'll play along. So he ends up saying how the person that he has a free ticket because the person that had the ticket was going to be their DD. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I can't do that because people who I was DD before. And the reason why I've never, I'll never do DD again ever is because people take advantage of it. They get drunk. They get super disrespectful. They essentially put your license at risk because they'll like mess with the wheel or play around so much. And I didn't, I didn't know this guy. And all of a sudden, he's telling me everything he got going on. They were going to everything wrestling that weekend. And he would want me to drive him to everything. I said, well, then I'm not paying for a ticket then. And he was like, well, I kind of need 100 bucks. I said, I hear you, brother. If you want me to do all of that, that's a job. I need for you to pay for my airfare, for you to pay for my hotel room, and I need a separate hotel room from you motherfuckers. He didn't want to do any of that. He came back later on and wanted to do it, but by the time I made my mind up to not go. And so, especially since now I've met him, and I've, I've not just met him by this time, this is a few weeks later, I met the entire, he had, it was, they were going in force. It was like 30 people going, because they all ended up coming to the club. I was like, no, because I'm running into you guys, and I have no fucking interest. So I didn't go to All Out. But I remember, getting back to my main point, I said, so that was a funny story, um, I remember thinking about, this is, this is as good as it gets, man, that's, that's kind of awesome. You know, just just seeing some because I've had New Japan World subscription for forever, and it's and this is like five six years ago now. I canceled it because my Wi-Fi just wasn't up to. First of all, you pay for what you can afford, so it wasn't the new. It wasn't necessarily New Japan. It was more of hey, I, I this is the Wi-Fi I can afford right now, and it just couldn't hold up with what I needed for the the, the the feed of New Japan and the other things. Right, it it barely even worked with the WWE network. So I, just, I said, I'm not paying this absorbing my money to not watch anything, you know. And so I canceled it. And so still, sometimes subscriptions feel like it holds me back. Because a lot of times, I have Netflix, I have all these things. I don't feel like watching them sometimes. Sometimes it's just, I have to be in a mood to binge watch stuff. And so sometimes it's like, you just like having it. At your fingertips, I guess. As far as just like, okay, I can just cut the TV on and it's all good, right? And that that it's the same thing in principle, but sometimes there's politics to it. So let's say if you share your Netflix account. I'm not saying I do. That's saying I share any account. Plus if you do, someone might be on it. So then it's like, hey, you might want to pay for the four screen package. And it's like I'm not paying for more. That, that's what I mean by sometimes it's just easier to cut your TV on. You get what I'm saying? There's always politics to everything. So I remember saying to myself, wow, this, oh, it's going to be cool, blah, blah, blah. Just a great moment in wrestling. So I said, that, that, that's, that's as high as it gets. It's cool. Fast forward four years. And New Japan and 
AEW have a working relationship. And I get Tony Khan has a lot to learn as a booker. He will hopefully evolve as a booker. Um, New Japan's been around for, what, 50 years now. Um, a lot to go. Lots, lots to learn. But they did something tonight that seasoned promoters who made millions in the business could not do. When Vince started gathering all the troops and taking over the territories, they came together for a super show. And these are people like Jerry Lawler, uh, Vern Gagne, um, people who are, who are seasoned in the game. They did, they couldn't come together to stop a a force to be reckoned with. They just, their egos were too much, right? And that's obviously ego involved in everything. And so these two companies came together to put together a show, not for the casuals, for the hardcores, for people who they knew know would appreciate it. I don't know what the numbers will be. I don't know what the pay-per-view numbers will be. I don't know any of this stuff. But I know for a fact, the people who watched this show tonight and stayed and watched the show, they appreciate the hell out of it. I, I don't think you will have someone who is a fan of these two companies complain that the show was did anything wrong. You you can nitpick and stuff like that, and that's fine. But I don't think anyone can say that was a bad show that was given to them tonight. Now, people who are hardcore WWE fans, they they just they won't like it, you know. Like I have I get people asking me all the time, like, how can you be so neutral? I'm neutral with everything because I like everything. Like, I like comic books. And I'm not going to sit here and, and deprive myself of a DC story because Marvel had, uh, Marvel has, like, well, Marvel's better. I'm also not going to sit here and deprive myself of a WWE match like Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins because you have to be an AEW lawyer. I actually don't get that method. I think it's stupid. I think you're, I think you're literally depriving yourself of something for no reason. To me, it's kind of like someone saying, "All right, we have three. We have two meals. One's chicken, one's beef." And you're like, "Man, you know, I had beef with chicken a while ago, so I just I just refuse to eat it." And like you have Gordon Ramsay or whoever made it, and you're just like, "Yeah, I can't do it." And the beef is spoiled. I always eat the beef. So I'll take the head. <clears throat> Excuse me. It it doesn't make sense to me. But they did something that was very important to me, in, in my opinion, in today's... They did something very important tonight. They put on a show. I don't know how many politics was behind it. I mean, we know there's politics behind it, but I mean between the two companies. We already know that Andrade El Idolo, Penta, uh, Phoenix, these people could not be a part of the show because of their working agreement with CML, CMLL and the war that's been going on many, many, many years. Between them and New Japan. Um, we know there was injuries. The injury bug caught a lot of people. Ishii, last minute. Um, I, I can't remember. Someone else had a fever. Um, so they couldn't travel over here to the States. Um, Brian, Punk. Two two people who people wanted to see on this show could not even make this show. Because of that. Um, I'm assuming we're going to get Forbidden Door 2. Here's, here's my only thing. Let's not make this like an ECW one night stand. Because to me, the first two ECW one night stands were great. After that, it just became overkill. I think you can do this. 
but I think you could do it for one or two more years. I don't think you need to do this all the time. Now, let's say if they start letting clapping and all this other stuff go on in New Japan, well, in Japan, excuse me, which should be coming up soon, then we don't need this because you're going to see it all over the place. But if the Forbidden Door wasn't kicked down before, it's completely obliterated. What a show. Um, I have so many thoughts on her. Um, yeah, I have so many thoughts on her. Um, on her, on it. Um, it's just crazy. Um, where do we start here? The point I was making was, I guess the point I was making, I have so many thoughts, man. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just, it's funny because I've been sitting here for 20 minutes, like, when do I record? And I'm so, I have so many thoughts, I don't know where to even fucking start. That's the craziest part about this. Um, yeah, I, I don't, my mind is overloaded at the moment. So let's start from the beginning. So after I got the email with that, Jonathan Nestor hits me up. It says, hey. Did you know that Forbidden Door is in the movie theater for 25 bucks? I said, man, I, I always forget it's in movie theaters, right? And, and um, I was like, man, I always forget that it's just there. I just forget it, you know, because, you know, you think about watching from the comfort of your own home, et cetera, et cetera. So I was just kind of like, whatever, you know, I'll check it out. So I look up at my local AMC. It says it's $15. There's no way it's fifteen dollars. I say, you know what? When time comes, I'll drive out there. And if it's fifteen dollars, even if it's twenty-five, it's gonna go. It's just one of those things like there's no way they're giving away this for fifteen bucks. Sure enough, they gave it away for fifteen bucks. It was great. In the movie theater, like ten people there, real wrestling fans that were there to actually enjoy it and not shit on it. Um, I don't know how long that will last. Because um, I, I would assume no hardcore WWE fan, but I'm being logical here, so let's not go too crazy. I would assume no lot, no hardcore WWE fan would go to this pay-per-view at a theater for five hours just to be miserable and complain. But then again, we have very, very miserable people that live on this planet. So I don't know. Either way, find this out, I go. And so I'm like, wow, okay, cool. Let's see how this is. Um... And from top to bottom, I thought it was great. I, I've, I only, only I only missed one match in the buy-in. I don't even know what that. I think it was the the, the the factory versus somebody in New Japan. I don't know. I haven't actually have not looked it up even. So, um, because I, I was I just don't care. Um, I was just concerned that I might have missed the uh, the Swerve Keith Lee match. I didn't, but I caught the last two matches on the buy-in. Um, or was it three matches? It was, no, it was three matches. All together, was four matches on the buy-in. Um, but either way, congratulations to New Japan. Congratulations to AEW uh, for destroying that 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 forbidden wall uh, and and making a classic show. It's a classic show without a doubt. I don't know where it ranks. I can't think like that right now. It's still too early. You guys are currently listening to me right now. Let's let's, let's let me see something real fast. Let me use. I am 15 minutes in, and I still don't have my thoughts all together. That's how crazy this is right now. So, anyways, welcome to your Monday show. <laughs> I am the Soul Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently. I was going to pepper some notes into this. I will wait to the very end to do those notes. Right now, we're going to only focus on the Forbidden Door. So, the buy-in that I caught was Archer beating Nick Camarado. 
Archer had to get this win as he is the only member of AEW going to be represented in the G1. So Archer needed a win. Desperado and Kamura versus Swerve and Keith Lee, who have seemed to bear, gotten on the same page, buried the hatchet. I mean, Keith Lee can't really be too mad considering Swerve was right. It was for a shot at the interim World Heavyweight Championship. But I mean, Keith Lee should know that, you know? Do I think they'll make a great match? Absolutely. But they're so good as a team. And I don't know if these two have had history together as a team before. I don't know anything about that, but they work so well. And this was a great tag team match. They had time. This had to be a, a 12, 13, 14 minute match. They had time. Both teams got their shit in. But in the end, Keith Lee and uh, Swerve won. I thought this was a fantastic match. Looks like the feud still is going to continue with, with uh, Ricky Starks and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs as they essentially were running them down at the end of it. Um, so maybe one more match than that might be the end of that. But they're so good as a team. But right now, that tag team division is so. That's it's AEW is so hard for me as a fan to get mad at where placement is sometimes because where do you put Keith Lee and Swerve Scott in all this other stuff, right? Where do you keep them at? It's taken Pac three years in AEW to get gold around his waist. We'll get to that in a moment. And Pac is great. You guys know what I think about Pac. Um. But they're so good as a tag team. This was a fun tag team match. I'm glad I didn't miss it. I did hear Kevin Kelly on commentary. That was awesome. The getting the, what a touch. Because unlike the build-up, now you have Kevin Kelly, who is the voice of the English side of New Japan for many, many years now. Um, and what you have essentially is someone that can break down the move language to us. What the subs are, what, what she did a great job of doing, the storylines. Like him, I didn't realize because I keep forgetting that I don't forget that Will Ospreay is the Rev Pro World Heavyweight Champion. I keep I I I keep forgetting that I have yet to see him with that U.S. Championship. Turns out, I found out tonight that Juice Robinson never gave it up because he refuses to, I, I didn't, I remember I told, I told you guys a few weeks ago, I said, I didn't know if this was a storyline or not, it turns out it is a storyline, and he, he's not giving back that U.S. championship, so it's like we're heading to a Juice Robinson, Will Ospreay match, and more importantly, so we're heading to a United Kingdom versus Bullet Club war, because uh, if, he's, if he doesn't give that championship back, um, but I, I thought it was a great touch, and it was, a, it was a wise touch, we also had their ring announcer as well here, um, but it was great. The Gun Club and the Acclaim versus the L.A. Dojo. This was really, really a, a chance to sh just to put L.A. Dojo's talent um, on a bigger stage. Because Danhausen taunts the Dads boys. They run off at the beginning of the match. It becomes a 4-2 match. Um, and what ends up happening is Billy Gunn takes over, destroys most of the, the L.A. Dojo. All of a sudden, the mic drop from fucking Caster. One, two, three. Um, I will say this. Max Caster needed to win. They lose way too much. They're over with the crowd. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think we're seeing future AEW tag team champions. But they have to start winning matches. And they needed this one. LA Dojo team. They're, they're, they're in training. They can lose. That was the end of the buy-in. Now, the pay-per-view starts with... It was a great 
great trios match, uh, trios tag team match. It was Jericho, Suzuki, and Sammy against Eddie Kingston, Shota, or Shooter, and Yuta Wheeler. Um, I'm probably going to call him Wheeler because I keep, every time I say Yuta, it feels weird. So I'm going to say Wheeler. Um, I thought this was a great match. And I thought each feud, it shows you how many feuds Eddie Kingston is in. Even at the end, you replaced Brian Danielson with uh, Claudio. I completely forgot how much Kingston hates Claudio. He was saying F you to him at the very end after he made the save. So Kingston is, Kingston only likes John Moxley and, and, proud, and proud and powerful. That's clear. He is so particular with the people he likes, but he has so many different feuds going on right now with everybody. There is no discriminating. He 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 hates good guys and he hates bad guys. It's so funny. But this was a great trip, a great way to start the matchup. I wasn't sure how this would go, and I feel like Suzuki was more uh, active in this match than, than in matches that I've seen him. I feel like. The match that even when I was in uh, Dallas watching him win the ROH TV championship, I feel like a lot of people have just so much respect for him. They've been trying, they were trying to just adjust to him and say, hey, just dominate, just do your thing. And Suzuki's been in the States for what, almost a year now? I guess it's one of those things where you, they just don't know when he's going back. And, and why not just have him while he's here, just do whatever the fuck. And he seems to be enjoying it, you know? Um, but this was a great match. This was also for the right for the advantage in blood and guts, which gave away the winner, um, which was Jericho, Sammy, and Suzuki. Um, I thought this I thought this was a great was just a great all out war, um, and that was that it was a great way to start the pay per view off. After that, you had the winner take all match, Rapongi Vice. FTR, the ROH and AAA Tag Team Champions, versus United Empire, the Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb, for the in, well, I was gonna say the whole thing, but it's, it's the New Japan World Tag Team Championships, um, and the United Empire just became two-time tag team champions two weeks ago, but they only became champs. It was clear it was a transitional move. Once it was clear where they were going, because they attacked FTR and Rapongi Vice before they won the tag team championships. And so it was clear that where this was going, FTR is on a mission. And I'll say this six months into the year, almost seven, I will be stunned if FTR is not your top tag team of the year. There's no way. I don't care what anyone says the next six months. I don't see them slowing down. And it looked like it did for a second here. And I still believe this is a story, so I'm going to go with that. I mean, it could be it could be real, but I'm I'm gonna believe this is a story. So I'm gonna use sports references here as the same night where the Colorado Avalanche, the hockey team, wins the Stanley Cup. Congratulations to them. You know what's pretty cool? On a side note, how I've lived in several cities now when a sports team has won a championship. Living in Maryland when the Ravens won the World Championship. Living here now. Uh, living in Atlanta when the Falcons choked. That was even better than anything else. They deserved it. But what's really cool is seeing uh, the the city come alive and get excited about it, even if you don't watch hockey, even if you don't watch football, whatever. It's just cool seeing that. But what was even cooler to me was doing the research. I had not realized because I don't follow hockey. Now, it's funny because I follow hockey this year a little bit only because the abs are so good. 
Now, I remember early in the early, early season, like within the first five games, I was sitting at a restaurant, and one of the bartenders just was talking me up. He was like how, um, hey, he's like, the abs are good, you know, watch out for him, blah, blah, blah. And I remember I would see things, and, and I would watch games here and there. I was like, man, they are pretty fucking good, you know? It, it just felt like, this year was they were pretty dominant all year so i just feel like this year was kind of like their year because they were pretty dominant all year long <coughs> excuse me and so i didn't realize that tampa bay lightning were two-time defending champions they had won back-to-back championships and were looking to be a three-peat and essentially looking to be a dynasty and the last round which was the east finals they were down 2-0 and won four in a row to get to the finals so they were still a threat no matter what but I thought about it. You, they legitimately, the abs, had to beat the man to be the man. So congratulations to them. By bring sports up, because we had a sports moment here. We had a Paul Pierce moment. We had a um, we had a moment where essentially an injury happens, and then someone leaves. And this this injury happened early in the match, where Dax throws an elbow. All of a sudden he's like looking at it, and all of a sudden you see it. And to me, my my personal opinion. Reason why I believe it's a work is because they kept every, the cameras on him. They kept pointing it out, and it just, it just looked like because FTR was over. He did the FTR section going on all over the fucking building. FTR is the most popular they've ever been. And I saw a tweet from Dax. He said three years ago I was shaving this man's back. Now we're seven star champions. Top guys out. That's true. I forgot about that. Like, I remember not knowing much about the Revival, FTR, when they were in NXT. And I remember I hated them because they, they were the ones to dethrone DYI. And obviously, it was for a reason. It was good to Champa and uh, Gargano. And I remember vividly saying to myself, damn, I hate these guys. But they're so good, right? And then by the time I started really liking them, they went to the main roster. And they went to the main roster... They, they destroyed the New Day the first night. I remember that video. I said, okay. All right. That's how you get some heat. It's on, you know, probably the most popular tag team you currently have. I remember vividly saying, okay. And after that, it was all downhill. They won titles. I think they won the Raw Tag Team titles. I don't know if they ever won the SmackDown Tag Team titles. But then I lost complete interest because of their booking. They're not gaining interest when they put FTR with Randy Orton. And they were destroying the New Day. <laughs> course that some things never change and i was like yo this team can actually fucking work this team is all right all right i see you then back to the same shit so many things you just forget about on purpose first of all but you don't realize the journey makes these things a lot sweeter these guys we have to remember are still i know it's not a prevalent group now because the current storyline with mjf being off television, but they're still technically in the pinnacle. They're still technically will be bad guys. <laughs> if you think about the craziness of all this, they never left. They were always in line with MJF, one of the most despicable human beings of all time, which is crazy to me, crazy. Anyways, so Dax gets hurt. He goes off, catches by himself for a good chunk of time all of a sudden Dax comes out bandaged up the crowd goes crazy he had it was like that classic I can't think of any I can't I, I had this all planned out there was, there was several people that have been hurt in 
during a game, and then they come back after, and they make a, and they just have a tremendous game afterwards, and it just builds a great story. All of a sudden, Dax comes back out. They pin Rapungi Vice. That's the key here. That's the key, because I still believe they're going to lose those belts back to United Empire down the road, and down the road, whenever, whenever they go to New Japan. But they pinned Rapungi Vice. And think about Rapungi Vice had a great deal here. They had nothing to lose, everything to gain. And now you have FTR with three championships around their waist. Essentially, they're coming up on a year with those AAA titles. By the way, they defeated the, the Lucha Brothers for those tag team championships. The ROH Tag Team Championships, that by the way, they defeated the Briscoes for. And now they hold the New Japan Championships. There's no way. I don't. I just don't see it. I There's no way I don't see them getting those AEW World Heavyweight Championships, Tag Team Championships, at all out. I don't see it. This makes all the sense in the world. They, they, they just defended their ROH Tag Team Championships against... The Bucks. They were the last team to beat the Bucks. Return the favor. They're gonna have all the gold in. Holy smokes! This was a fun match. Um, I think more of a story-driven match. Um, I know people weren't necessarily too excited to see Rapongi Vice in there. I thought they did add something to it because it because they could surprise us. Let's say if um the politics was too much between. Uh, FTR and United Empire, they could have done it, you know. But I, I, I think, it, I think it adds to the match. Personally, that's just my opinion. Also, a cool part about this was the fucking ring announcer for uh, RH Bobby Cruz announced this match as well. It was called, I called him to the ring. That's pretty cool. Juice Robinson, I already said that. But Juice Robinson, that's this one. Figure out he walked around. This crazy to me. Um, the next match was for the All Atlantic title. This will be the inaugural winner. Everyone, I think everyone picked Miro in this match. I've gone on record. You guys heard me. I picked Miro. I did. But once Pac defeated Buddy Matthews, I said Pac needs to win that championship. Because if you guys remember when AEW first started three years ago, if you guys remember, it was supposed to be Pac versus Page, the winner to face Jericho at All Out, the first ever All Out. If you guys remember... The reason why that Pac match did not happen, which gave away the winner, obviously, was at the time he was a world champion with another company, and he didn't want to lose while being their world champion. So he went back to home, and he lost the title and came back and lost to Page. Um, but I mean, I know everyone at the time said he takes it too seriously and blah blah blah. But I, I don't remember the name of the company. But I do remember her. He's notoriously private. But I do remember they did give him his first start in professional wrestling, and so he was. He went right back there after he finally got released. Because I don't. Do you guys even remember when? Because I remember Pac left. He took his ball and went home because he wasn't being booked right by WWE. They held on to him for a good what six seven months. They held on to him for a while. He went out of his way to breach his contract with them because he did not like how he was being treated. And so he was gone. I want to say he was gone for a good year before he resurfaced. He ended up winning that world championship, and that's why he just wouldn't lose it. And then when he came back, he did lose eventually to Page to put Page over to so Page didn't go lose to Jericho. Um, so this was a fun four-way match, even though Ishii was taken out. Um, Connors was put in the man he the Ishii defeated, 
and came out to no pop, nothing. But during this match, the, the crowd got behind the underdog. Like, you knew he wasn't going to win, but God bless him. You know, he, he, he was definitely in that match to take the fall, <laughs> you know. And so Pac is probably the first guy to withhold tap out to the camel clutch from Miro. Alistair Black spits the green mist in Miro's face. Once he spit, I, I, said this, I said this in my head when I was watching in the theater. I said, whoever, I knew Black wasn't winning. Connors wasn't winning. It was between, It's like any four, if you ever take a test, right? This is for you young kids that are still in school. And it's multiple choice and it's four choices. Always remember this. And I learned this when I was taking my GED test. And it helped me pass my GED. By the way, just for spoiler alert, I'm a college graduate now um, as of last week. Um, but I learned this when I was taking my GED class. I took GED classes for maybe three or four months, five months. Yeah, because <clears throat> excuse me, because the test wasn't until... November and I took classes from June until August, so three months. Then I took my test in October and I got my results back in January. Um, but I learned this in that class because I, I just for the record, I never actually went to school. <laughs> I went to military school, um, but I didn't actually go to regular school. I mean, I skipped, so I can't really say I had the experience. But they said, "Hey, just so you guys know, there's always two answers. It's not. Just remember that. If you remember that, it'll make your job a lot easier." So I knew two of the four weren't winning. I just did. Have, I just had this feeling that Black just wasn't. I just had the feeling he wasn't going to take the fall, but he was in there to get him on the card, right? Because he's too good to not be on the card. I said it in the theater, whoever he spits the mist on, the other one's winning. So I said if he spits the mist on Pac, Miro's winning, and vice versa. Miro has uh, Pac in the in the camel clutch. Missed it to Miro. I said, Oh my god, Pac. I said this out loud. I said, Oh my god, it's Pac's winning. And people were like, What? And all of a sudden, you see Miro get tossed out. Alistair, Alistair and Connors get wrapped up. 450 on Alistair. He throws the uh, what is it called? I, I, I know it's used to be called, I, I can't remember what it's called, but I know Perry Saturday's called the Rings of Saturn on Connors. Connors taps out. Pac has his first taste of gold. In AEW, yeah, I think he's, I think him or Miro would have been perfect, but Pac is even more perfect because Pac can go overseas, defend it. You could have Pac with that championship for six or seven months and then lose. I mean, it's clear that we're going to have a bunch of international talent win that championship, but Pac would be a great representative because he disappears so much. So let's say if he goes back, back home, he can then just defend it in other p- promotions. He, it's 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 just so good to see Pac with gold, especially after seeing the Lucha Brothers with gold on a national level. Fucking awesome. Congratulations to him. This was a fun four-way match. I loved it. I loved how everyone looked good in it. Like I said, even Connors turned the crowd. Went from silence to like people saying, oh, let's go. All right, this, this guy doesn't have a chance. He's so dead soon, but hey, let's just cheer him on. Right? You know, it was pretty awesome. Next up. We have the dudes with attitudes, Shingo Takagi, Sting, Darby versus the Bullet Club, El Fantasmo and the Bucks. So Sting's music plays, nothing. All of a sudden, the Bucks, well, the Bullet Club comes out, lights go out. You look up in the rafters, Sting, you think you see Sting up there. All of a sudden, the lights come back on. Sting does a fucking dive from the top of the tight. This guy's nuts. This guy, this guy's made a decision. He made a decision. 
I'm a TNA Hall of Famer, Impact Hall of Famer, whatever doesn't offend you, fans. A WWE Hall of Famer. I'm going to be an AEW Hall of Famer because why not? I'm going to live my life and I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to do what the hell I want to do. This was another fun match. I will say this. I need to say this. This is very important for me to say this. I don't think the Young Bucks get the credit they deserve about how they feel about Hall of Famers and how they feel about Legends. If you look at what they did with the, with the Hardys, it's clear the Hardys cannot keep up, which is fine. But you can tell the Hardys want to give the Legends the matches they deserve to have and not let anybody look at them and say, man, they are so second class. Because they're not. And to me, I think Bucks just do a good job of honoring that. And even in this match, even with El Phantasmo being in there and being just, like, you you just seen different things, like how Sting uh, was able to block the super uh, block the super kick out for a little bit and the clothesline him. And then he see, then after El Phantasmo tried to squeeze the nipples of Sting and he no-sold it, he, see, he says, hey, and he squeezes the nipples of El Phantasmo. And it's just great. And then Shingo Takai got the pin here. Um, this, to me, was... A fun trios and tag team match. Um, I'm surprised the Bullet Club didn't win, but to be honest with you, and and Excalibur brought up a good point here. He says this is the first time in the AEW ring that Darby and the Bucks touched. I didn't even think of it, but we saw the first times from a lot of things. And to me, honestly, I don't know how this is gonna work. I still I know I made a prediction before. How Sting and Darby are going to get a token run with those tag team titles. I still maintain they will. I don't know about now, but I still maintain they will get a token run with those tag team titles. Um, but I was surprised the good guys won here. But you know what? It makes sense. And also seeing fucking Takagi and Sting in the ring as a tag team. Just fucking awesome, dude. Just awesome. Backstage, we have Shooter healing from some wounds. All of a sudden, the JS approach. And Jericho throws a fireball at Shooter's face. So it's just, this just keeps the feud going between the JAS and the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. This is just keeping things going. Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa was up next. I thought this was a fun match. I also, I also looked at this match. I love Thunder Rosa's aggression. Like her, let's be real, this is probably the biggest threat to her AEW Women's Championship in her entire run. You know, we've had Marina Shafir on TV more than the world's champion, which is fucking annoying for the record. I need to say that. You know, it's really annoying. But Storm clearly was the biggest threat to her world championship. After the Rosa Driver, I can't remember the name, so I'm calling it the Rosa Driver. Storm kicked out. And you could see the look of, like, disbelief on Thunder Rosa's face. And she got more aggressive. Less of the showmanship and more of the beat her down. She ends up using, I know Goldust called it the curtain call because it became, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> my goodness, sorry guys, my cough is going away, but I actually have not talked this much in the last couple days, so excuse me, I apologize, so as Goldust got up in the years, he changed the curtain call from a, essentially a reverse suplex, pickup reverse suplex type of thing. <coughs> God damn it. <coughs> oh, fuck me. Sorry, from a reverse suplex type of thing to a more of a soup, twisting suplex type of thing. Um, 
I don't know why he made that change. Hey, Dustin, if you ever want to come on the show and talk about it, that would be kind of fucking cool. Um, but she used that to finish off T- Storm. They did handshake before and after the match. This was a good match. This was a fun match. The only women's match or, or representation on the card. Um, so I thought this was fun. I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed the match very much. I look forward to seeing more from these guys. I don't think it's the last of these two seeing each other. Next up, the United States Championship of New Japan, where we have Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. Jim Ross then comes out on commentary. Forgot to mention before, two matches before, Tony Giovanni came out for one match on commentary. Um, But these two had a hell of a match, man. These two had a hell of a match. Um, Anyone who... Obviously, we know the, the real match was supposed to be Will Ospreay versus Andrade El Idolo, which would have been fantastic as well. We know politics got in the way with that. I know a lot of people were not too happy that Orange Cassidy was in this match. Here's my thing. We already know Orange Cassidy can go. I get you probably don't like the gimmick, but we know this man can go. Why, de- Once again, why deprive yourself of something good? We knew this was going to be great. We know Will Ospreay. We know how great he is. We know he can play in, in anything, right? These two went out there and had a kick-ass match. The crowd was all for all of this, especially the end. So, Osprey hits the elbow, goes for the pin. Orange Cassie kicks out. It surprised everybody. So, then he ends up hitting him with the, I think it's called the Stormbreaker. One, two, three, beats him. Afterwards, it's a beat them. Like, damn, they're, they're doing a post. My first thought was so naive. Damn, they're doing a post-match beatdown? They don't need to do this. All of a sudden, Rapongi Vice comes out. They beat them down, too. I was like, yeah, that was kind of a leg. I said this to myself. So that was a letdown. All that just to see Rapongi Vice again. Then all of a sudden, fucking Shibata comes out. Mine. Blown. I was like, What? This fucker came out, laid out everybody, then had a moment with Orange Cassie where Cassie put the glasses on him, did the thumbs up. It was awesome. I don't know what Shabai wanted to do in the end, but like it, that was confusing a little bit. I guess he just wanted more time with Orange Cassie. But that first of all, the match was awesome. The end was worth it. <laughs> it, it just it just took I was not expecting to see Shibata in the United Center on this pay-per-view. That just blew my mind. Boom. Crazy. Just fucking crazy. Next up is Zach Saber Zach Saber Jr. versus the newest member of the Blackpool Combat Club. Which was Claudio Castagnoli, which is the former Cesaro. Came out to probably the biggest pop of the night, biggest pop of his career for sure. Everyone was super happy to have this guy back on television. Um, you could tell he was super appreciative of it. I think it's one thing. What's that old saying? What is that saying? Isn't isn't the saying, better be a bride than always be a bridesmaid? He was always the bridesmaid in WWE. I think in any interview, I think when Drew McIntyre said it in the, on the Steve Austin interview, where he said, well, isn't the, 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 the answer to this question that you asked about who's underutilized is always Cesaro? Everyone always said that. He was always the bridesmaid and never the bride. And towards the end, when Brian Danielson was on creative, 
He that's how he got the push he got for no other reason. But he got a win against Seth Rollins at a WrestleMania. And his, I think it was his only single WrestleMania match of all uh, in his career. He got a main event against Roman Reigns. And they did nothing with him after that, which is fine. But I think any Cesaro fan had to be pleased with that. And so seeing him on the stage, seeing him get the pop he got, it was magical. And then him, and then almost a shocker of the night was when he came out and gave the, uh, the uppercut and then the fucking um, neutralizer to Zack Sabre. So I was like, are they going to just job out Zack Sabre Jr. like this? And he kicked it. I was like, whoa, what a way to start the match, though, just as a, as a shock. And then they completely slowed the night down with the wrestling match they had, which was a fantastic wrestling match. Never did I feel bored. I, first of all, I watched a lot of Zack Sabre Jr. matches, so I enjoy his style. But never did I feel bored. Never did I feel like, all right, pick this thing. No, I was like, oh, let's, let's enjoy this. I felt like, using another sports analogy here, you're a quarterback, you have two minutes left, you're up by seven, you're just trying to hold the ball. You don't want to put your defense back on the field, nothing. You're slowing the game down and kind of just picking your spot. And I feel like that's what this match did. And I enjoyed it. Uh, the right guy, Claudio, had to win because he's the one going to blood and guts. You know, probably going to get another win there as well. But what a match this was. I thought it was a fun wrestling match here. Up next, the New Japan World Heavyweight Championship. And this is, once again, if you pay attention to the commentary, the only reason I was even listening to the commentary is because I was in the movie theater. But I loved how when Excalibur brought up the New Japan World Championship, he asked Kevin, hey, if I'm not mistaken, isn't this title the Unified Intercontinental Championship and the World Championship? Giving history of why this title looks the way it does, because it's ugly as fuck. And it should be the other, t- it should be the other championship belt. But, showing, but telling you why it's like that, what the significance of it, and how it's the unified, air quotes, no, air quotes, can't even do an air quotes, championship. Loved it. The last two matches felt big. They felt like a big fight feel. It was Jay White bringing out Ghetto. Okada. We did not see the Okada money, but he came out and he was over. Everyone knows who he is. They loved him for it. Adam Cole and Hangman Page. This was fantastic. The end was clearly... I I, I don't think the end was supposed to be the way it was. I think the end was... Uh, kind of what's that word i'm looking for right now um on the fly um that's not the word i was looking for but it works um it was definitely on the fly uh okada gave a mitch nuka driver sorts to cole it looked kind of funny blade came in nailed uh the switchblade uh or the blade runner whatever it's called then just pinned cole which actually needed to happen like you knew one of the AEW guys was definitely taking the fall, um, and made sense for Blade because he wants to keep his world title. And the Bullet Club came out afterwards and was pretty pissed at him for doing it. But hey, it's, 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 it's his world title. But the match was fantastic outside. We saw super kick off the moonsault to Heyman, which we've seen before. Um, Okada, I don't think Okada actually hit the Rainmaker though. I don't think we got a chance to see. He went for it several times, but he never hit it. Um, Hangman did nail. The, uh, the, the, what's it called? His finisher. Buckshot Lariat. Um, this was just a great match. The end, like I said, 
uh, I, I guess if you got to take away points for the end, but I don't take away points when someone potentially could be hurt. That's bizarre and weird. And no, I'm not doing that. But this was a fun match in the end, which how, how could it be bad? Four of the best. You know, New Japan's best in there as well. And in the final match, Moxley, Tanahashi, AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Can Tanahashi go on to the G1 to become an, to, to be the first AEW champion to be in the G1? Can Moxley become the first ever two-time AEW champion and actually have a run with fans in the building? Think about that, how crazy that is. He, he had his he, he might have won the title of Revolution, but he didn't have a, his, what ninety eight percent of his run was without fans. So can he win the world title and have fans in the building to appreciate it? This was another big fight feel. Mox was there in the hallway with William Regal. Um, he went to the crowd by himself. This felt big. They had a great. I enjoyed this match. And it's funny. Another thing I thought the match before I said, man, this was the first AEW show without blood. That's what I said. Oh, the main event hasn't happened yet. Mox was gonna bleed. <laughs> I said that to myself. I was like, I was, you, you just knew it, you know. Um, these two had a fantastic match. Um, I could have done without, without the end. Personally, me. Personally, me. I'm going to nitpick that because I will get to that in a second. But I thought these, I thought these two worked well. I think for. Moxley wanting the match for so long, he I think he should be pretty happy with what he got here. And Moxley became a two-time AEW World Heavyweight Champion. A date with him and CM Punk is going to happen very soon, obviously. But this was a great main event, great way to end the night. I, like I said, in the end, Moxley wanted to shake Tanahashi's hand. JS came out, um, beat them down. More JS members came out after... Uh, the rest of the everyone from Blood Guts came out essentially, and then at the end you got uh, Claudio giving which one I think you have Daniel Garcia the, uh, the 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 helicopter spin or whatever the airplane spin or whatever. Um, I could have done without all that because I feel like the crowd was already gonna go home happy. I get it was technically like their last big plug for Blood and Guts, and they had had and they had to sprinkle throughout the night, you know, with the whole. Was Shooter taking the fireball? They had it all through the night. So it makes sense for AEW because AEW doesn't really know how to let things breathe. But I really wish they would let that moment breathe. And let... But at the same time, you know, it's one of those things where because this is their last show before, you end up seeing the interaction between Claudio and uh, Eddie Kingston. Then you, then you have fucking John Moxley with the AEW World Championship just looking at Eddie Kingston and saying, what are you doing, man? Like, he's on our team. Like, what are you doing? There's no making you happy, motherfucker. Like, you just seen that. So, it was kind of fucking awesome. So, uh, like I said, do not ask me what my thoughts are on this show. I do, like, it was a great show. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all of it. I I don't have a ranking for it yet. Um, I will say, I, I do think that Osprey and Orange Cassidy match will be in my top ten in a year. I definitely believe that. But, um... Forbidden doors happen. I am so grateful for it. Thank you so much, AEW New Japan, for putting that on. And before we go, we're going to hit some quick news and notes here. Paige will be making her first post-WWE appearance at StarCast 5. Jungle Boy is legitimately injured. He injured his shoulder in that tag team match that he had. No timetable on when he arrives. But honestly, they could blame that on Christian. So it's a good look for that. Rhea Ripley has a brain and teeth injury. She's replaced at Money in the Bank. 
with Carmella. So it's Carmella versus Bianca Belair. Um, I don't know if this is going to get you guys excited, but okay. Lady Frost has asked for her release from Impact Wrestling. Triple H is back to work at the Performance Center as he's told a few people, air quotes, I'm back. Xavier Woods is set to co-host the Arena Series on G4. Dewey Foley left WWE in late April. For those of you guys who don't know, Dewey Foley is actually the son of Mick Foley. No current update on Naomi. And just to clean up something that I was not sure of, I did my more 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 and more of my research. And just to clean this up, uh, Vince and Johnny Ace did both reportedly have sex with the woman. That's why I said she was passed around. I, I just needed to actually see the actual document myself. At that time, I only seen parts of it. Um, so that is your show. As I said, quick quick news and notes. This is really more about Forbidden Door, but just to tell you those things. Uh, thank you guys for making this a ranked podcast. We're in the top 200. Um, so that's awesome. Keep it up. Keep us moving up those charts. Uh, you can help out even more. Give a five-star rating on Spotify. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I actually, starting next week, I'm actually going to do a, do a giveaway. <clears throat> As I'm uh, packing some stuff up, I have what, one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven figures I'm going to do a, a weekly giveaway on. So that way you guys just keep up with everything, okay? Um, like, follow, subscribe. Uh, thank you guys for checking this out. Check me out on Wednesday, episode four, the review of uh miss marvel um we are actually two weeks away i'm super excited about this we are officially two weeks away from me binge watching season three of the boys which we will i don't know how i'm gonna break that down i might what i might do instead of doing a full season breakdown i might do it in episodes as well we'll see um and also don't forget next sunday it will be the match of the month or well, actually, no, it would be the comic of the month, which is already recorded. Uh, you guys just check that out. We're, we're going to be ready for that. But um, I'm so chemical. Enjoy your week. Be blessed. Be safe. And this is I see things a little differently. And I'm out.